crazy parents out there, man. And Speaking I just, of crazy parents, okay. I posted something on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it yesterday in my oh, story. Yep, yep. Have you noticed, since you run the Bumblebutt <laughs> Podcast Instagram, that when you press the little search button, that usually one of the first videos is a little girl twerking her naked ass almost? Uh... Are you talking about like on the search thing? Yeah, you know when you like it's like the home part and yeah. that's where all your people are and then you go to the search part yeah. and then there's like stuff it thinks you want to watch. <laughs> yeah. So you've noticed that as well. Well, I think that's based off people you follow. How could that be? Because I follow only our fans. Because our our Bumblebutt one is mostly full of like uh morbid stuff. Oh. Like that oh. that whole page is like morbid Things. Well, I want to get on that. <laughs> I want to get on that one. On I'm that no, one. I would assume because you follow probably mothers and things like that. That is true. That we maybe do have that's a, we have a high population of female fans. So yeah, I'm assuming maybe that's why. But I I realize I Instagram changed where when you re reach the bottom of your feed, it instantly starts kicking you into like. New people you should follow. Have you noticed that? Uh, I never get to the bottom. Oh, you I, never get no. to the bottom. Because <laughs> I, I try and take in everything and give oh. them the double hearts and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jesus. Well, that's enough Instagram. Just There's child sex trafficking. Netflix just pulled down a movie called Cuties, which was a French film where <sighs> girls were learning how to uh, dance like that, young girls. And well, uh, uh, so, hey. Maybe, maybe, maybe people are uh, starting to figure it out. Maybe we don't need to sexualize children all the time. <laughs> What's Honey Boo Boo gonna do for a job then? Isn't she's got to be legal by now, right? I don't, I don't know. know. I couldn't. I've never watched the show, but I've heard she was popular. I think when I was twenty, and now I'm thirty, so I assume she's forty based on her eating <laughs> right. habits and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I've never. I didn't hear this cuties thing. Is it so it was the uh, dude it's crazy it happened right like 3 hours after I posted about that thing on Instagram really? and I've gotten so many responses people like what the fuck is that why is that happening hmm. maybe, maybe I don't know I on the Bumblebutt one I haven't seen I haven't che- I don't really check that on my personal one all right but maybe I'll have to look at yeah, you and see give it a look maybe we can uh, do an episode about see it see if Zuckerberg something. is trying to force everybody to watch these videos <sighs> he's an alien I remember he's a lizard I w- so you know like the fact check things going on. Oh yeah. I and I was trying to comment on someone's comment and I think I typed that's not very Canadian or something like this and it instantly blocked me and I couldn't comment. Whoa. Don't know why. Apparently you can't say anything about Canada. You can't you can't disrespect people's <laughs> Canadian right to be Canadian, Cody. Uh, I, I I don't know. It was the weirdest thing. Well, that's I, awful. I, I don't know. I get we get banned for things on there. It's just that's awful. Yeah. What a piece of shit. Everything <laughs> yeah. on the internet is a piece of shit. Yeah, almost every service we use is a piece of shit. But it is good. It seems like Facebook's dying, so that's good. That is nice. Yeah, but that means the migration of the elderly to Instagram. Which will then ruin that. So somebody needs to make the new Instagram. Get on well, that. Maybe they'll just go to Twitter. That would be nice. Maybe Instagram's <laughs> too hard use, for them. Do you even use ours anymore? I try to remember mm, to. I, mm. I'm definitely going to tweet this episode now that you said that. <laughs> I've heard Twitter is like a toxic cesspool. I can't get... uh the Okay, our best Twitter friends are the Untrained Eye podcast mm-hmm. and 
Brad's Coffee Buzz podcast. Mm-hmm. Those are our two best Twitter friends. He must not use Instagram much anymore. I don't see him much anymore. Mm. Well, I love you, Brad. I do love you. Thank you, Brad. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me this week is Cody. Hello, sir. Hello, Adam. How was your week? Oh, shit. I killed it. (laughs) Oh, you killed it? I killed it this week. Did you? I did. You've been watching um, Speedrunners, haven't you? Nope. I actually no? haven't even tuned in once. Really? I'm a, yeah, I just, I don't like the way they're running that thing anymore. That thing really pisses me off these the, days. The, if I have to hear one more goddamn time, this has never happened before. Oh, it's awful. Every single one. It's awful. Like, how how is it you magically start playing the game you played thousands of times, and it just all of a sudden, while you're on... A big audience. That's never happened. Can before. you believe this? This is the rarest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> no, I'm not watching AGDQ. No, it's SGDQ right now. I'm not watching that, but I will one day again if it gets good. Let's get into this, son of a bitch. Hell yeah! That's what everybody's here for, anyway. Is it, or do they want to hear us bitch about the internet more because we're old curmudgeonly <sighs> I, I, bastards? What if? What if eventually we get to the point where we're complaining that our browsers won't open anymore? Like, I feel like that's a very old person thing, or like the numbers on our phone are too small and we can't hit them. I can't, I had to bump up the accessibility on my phone, (laughs) I can't read the numbers no more. I remember Best Buy was selling those specialty elderly phones with like buttons that are a size of quarter so they could hit the button, hit the numbers on there. Do you remember the Obama phones? Uh Uh-uh. They were like track phones, basically, little cell phones that were supplemented for older people or low-income people just so they could have a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, those were comedic. The buttons (laughs) on those were comedic. They really catered to the lowest common denominator when they designed those things. Well, I mean, technically, all they need to do is make a phone call. You got big numbers. And that's it. Like, that's all it did was it had like 100 minutes on it, no text, no data. Just like I heard, bare essentials. I heard this could be a conspiracy, but I heard some of those phones were designed to track. Like they're handing them out, but they also track drug dealers and stuff. Sure, I guess. Sure. I don't know. I don't. Who knows? We'll, maybe one day we'll find that out. We'll ask McNulty and the rest of the <laughs> and the rest of the uh, wire task force. <laughs> Colonel James Corbett. In his book, The Man-Eaters of Kumuon, in 1946, believes big cats are not man-eaters by nature. He posited that ecological crisis is the main factor that drives him in that direction. Colonel Corbett spent most of his time studying Indian black leopards among the Hindu people of the subcontinent and noticed that their normal funeral ritual was full cremation. However, in circumstances caused by shortage of firewood or workers during epidemics, he said the inhabitants would... Die faster than they can be disposed of. A very simple ritual was performed, which consisted of placing a burning coal in the mouth of the deceased, then tossing the body into the valleys below. (laughs) A leopard in an area where his natural food is scarce, finding these bodies, very soon acquires a taste for human flesh. And when the disease dies down and normal conditions are established... The leopard finds his new food supply is cut off and will very naturally hunt and kill humans. So, I I don't know this story, but is this like the documentary film Ghost in the Darkness? You know, Cody, I've never heard of it, but looking it up right now, 
It's a Val Kilmer, Michael Douglas joint. You know, I I don't know how I'm going to... And it's based on the story we are talking about today. Fuck yes. So I'm going to watch it when I get home. I know some of it. You know, I don't know how your family was, but I remember when I was younger, because that movie's what, in the 90s? 96. So my parents, I always feel like when I was younger, would just rent random blockbuster action movies and sure. then we'd all watch them and this was one of them hell yeah i, I bet it was like remember the end cap action special <laughs> yeah dude i fucking loved renting movies i loved mm. venting, renting super nintendo games jesus Fuck yeah during the 19th century the british empire's rule was undeniable mm. both germany and france were making frantic global land grabs in 1870 trying their hardest to catch up with great britain also trying to cut off britain from owning the entire world were the italians and the belgians both of which were trying to get into this colonial empire business for themselves. So they had, they made colonizing nations like a competitive business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. How were the Knickerbocker boys the best <laughs> at it? <laughs> they made the best underdress garments of I all time. I was just going to say, when they show up with their fancy pants... The people of the nation are just like, whoa, who they are these guys? <laughs> Fuck, let them in here. We will join the empire. And then they realize how crappy their food is, and then they're oh, like... And how bad know. their smiles are. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, don't you have guys have dental care in the <laughs> land of Knickerbockers? <laughs> this crazy game of real-life risk led to the Berlin Conference of 1884-1885, in which 12 nations intended, including Great Britain, France, Germany, Belgium, Portugal, and the United States. As a result of this multi-month, multi-country conference, East Africa was split into two huge concessions of territory, two spheres of influence, if you will. Mm. One was to be held and controlled by the British for 50 years, and the other controlled by Germany, as they were the two strongest powers and the two powers that were guaranteed to stimulate global economy by raping all of the resources from the rich and fertile Great Lakes region of Africa. Yeah, that's not good. Nope. Not at all. Nope. But it, they all they saw that was a place for them to get all the resources they could. The people there, ants. They were nothing. Yeah. Just less than nothing. They were not people to them, that's for sure. It's uh, it's funny that Germany and Britain did did kind of the exact same thing that uh, the Catholic Church did with the Spanish. And what was the other one? During the Inquisition? Yeah. They split them up. I can't remember what the other sect was. It the the... I don't know which way. The Spanish and there's another one. They split the world up and said, go spread the word of Jesus Christ. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I do in Crusader Kings 2 all <laughs> the it? time. All the time. Okay. I, I always try and create a, a theocracy or as close as I can to one where they think I'm a god king. Mm. But it doesn't let you play a true theocracy. <laughs> it, it ends the game if you end up becoming a god king. Well, I was we. I just covered the Hopi Native American tribe mm. on uh, Sub D, and the Spanish were the first one to come into contact with them. Sure, in like the fifteen Cortez. Is it the fifteen hundreds? Yeah, send in the Catholics then. Absolutely, mm. not good. British Parliament wasted no time in offering a fortune to survey the land and create a road from Mombasa, a coastal city in Kenya, to Lake Victoria, a distance of 485 miles. Five years later, the Uganda Railway Act passed through Parliament, allocating, adjusted for inflation, $527 million to build the line. All said and done, with delays and stoppages for weather and lions, the cost ended up being almost double, $937 million. Ooh, that is a lot. 
Were the, were the lions just like <laughs> tying up damsels in distress and putting them on the railways? Exactly. Okay. That's this bastards. Their favorite thing to do: smoking <laughs> cigars with their little mustaches, <laughs> with piano music oh, in the background. Is, this is where the term "fat cats" come from. This right is here. it. See, their little bowler hats, okay. mustaches, cigars. <laughs> Carrying canes for can some you, weird reason. Can you imagine either my kitty or your kitty like putting beard wax on their on their whiskers and it's just one solid twirly line on there? I have beard oil at my house. <laughs> don't give me any ideas. No, don't leave their whiskers alone. Definitely. They don't like that. Definitely don't fuck with their whiskers. <laughs> they need those to make sure they can go places. Yeah. The railway's chief engineer was a fellow named George Whitehouse. Whitehouse had more railway experience than almost anyone else on the planet. He had built roads in South America, Mexico, India, and South Africa. Although 485 miles of track sounds pretty easy to American ears, as the Transcontinental Railroad had averaged 10 miles a day, Whitehouse saw this task as daunting to the point of undoable. The first obstacle in their way was the Teru Desert. Now, how many jokes do you think George Whitehouse had about what the color of his home was? What's the color of your cottage, George? Eventually, I hope he would just order those people hanged. <laughs> I would, does he have enough power for that? He's the chief engineer on the railway, what, judge, jury, executioner. So what if instead of being named like, uh, what is it, like Olsen or whatever, you're named the son of where you're from, you're named, your last name is the color of your home. What? White House. Like, yeah, I'd be, our house is white, White House, you'd be... Well, brick house? my original, yeah, Brick House now. My, yeah, Brick House. I'll take Brick House. That is a name, though, isn't it? Yeah. There's a, like a fat fraternity guy. Built like a brick, Brick House. So I would imagine putting a train track through a desert is going to be a challenge. Awful. And yeah. the advanced scouts that returned from crossing the desert had this to say. Across this desert, marching is done at night. Water is carried in tins, but even so men suffer greatly from thirst. But, and a man will often barter a month's pay for a drink from the supply of the better equipped scout. Wow! So, they're so thirsty, they're giving up all of their pens or whatever they're using just to get a glass of water. Yeah. Okay. Is this Rupees is what they're paid. Can in you imagine if if Nestle Nestle had had access in here? We know I, how bad they are now. I guarantee they do. <laughs> I bet Mr. Nestle in eighteen whatever was getting all the water from the Great Lakes regions of Africa. Is okay when they say obviously in the Midwest where we live we have Great Lakes, right? We have right. Duluth and all of that. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, is, and the five Great Lakes is, that we have. Is this one Great Lake, or is this multiple Great Lakes? It's a whole region, yeah. Really? There's like four four freshwater lakes that are uh, that are what's going on. Lake Victoria being one of them. The, their terminus. Hmm, interesting. I didn't even know that existed here, so it's very interesting. Beyond the Taru Desert were 200 miles of scrubland, home to tsetse flies, <laughs> lions, and malaria-bearing mosquitoes. Once out of the scrub, you get 20 miles of beautiful, lush forest, and then you're in the mountains. Bridges are the second most dangerous structures to build for railmen, with tunnels being the first. Once they're done building a few bridges, all of a sudden, bam, they're at Lake Victoria, which is their ultimate goal. Okay, so how much time did that take? We'll find out. Okay. Right. George Whitehouse was used to the crude roads that local survey team had laid for him on all of the other jobs he chief engineered. Since it had been five years since the land survey had been done, all of the crude roads past the desert had been completely obliterated and overgrown. 
George was going to have to resurvey the land as he was building. Sounds like George Whitehouse's descendants are now taking care of Minnesota's roads. Ooh, <laughs> two seasons in Minnesota, winter and road construction. It, it's sad but true. Sad but At true. At least we don't get eaten alive by lions. Thank goodness. Maybe bears occasionally. But, and mosquitoes, uh, definitely. Oh. Now, if you thought this shit wasn't going to be hard enough, the railroad was going to have to supply itself using the rails, which would eat into precious manpower. At first, they tried supplying the railway using draft wagons and pack animal caravans, but the heat of the desert and the tsetse flies killed all of the pack animals. What is a tsetse fly? They fucking burrow into your skin and, and give you poison death. The main sickness that they can give you is called trypanosomiasis, also called sleeping sickness. This disease is invariably fatal unless treated, but can almost always be cured with current medicines if the disease is diagnosed early enough. You know what? I think on the movie Anaconda, I think that's what that guy had. But there they you pull go. that shit out of his throat. That's, I uh, think it is. I think it is. Yeah, it's they're really disgusting little bastards, okay. and they kill everything. So this job... That's for humans. Now, <laughs> animals, they do... They can give them, like, 80 other things. <laughs> so it sounds like the type of job where you probably wouldn't want it. Yeah, leave me out of this. <laughs> okay. Between 1897 and 1898, all 63 camels owned by the railroad died, as did 128 out of 250 mules, 579 out of 639 heads of steer, and 774 out of 800 donkeys. So I guess the mules are the superior animal of the three. They <laughs> seem to be the ones that can't can... kill a mule. Is that because they are? Oh yeah, mules are the ones that can't reproduce, right? What's the mule cartoon character with the two guns? He's a cowboy. The old cartoon. Pistol Pete. Is it Pistol Pete? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was him, and then the little mouse with the sombrero. Speedy Gonzalez. I think so. They had the donkey sheriff, or the mule sheriff. He was tough. He was tough. He was pretty Did tough. Did he smoke cigarettes? I'm, I, I'm sure. I, I mean... seem to remember him smoking big cigarettes in his big <laughs> big mule mouth. Water was a central issue and was only available to get in bulk from three places along the 485-mile route. Between the workers, the camp, the animals, and the locomotives, they needed 10,000 gallons of fresh water daily. The men dipping their dirty cups and ladles into the water buckets contaminated the hell out of it, and they frequently suffered ulcers, diarrhea, dysentery, liver failure, and burrowing fleas. <sighs> Jesus. I guess we should uh, not complain too much about work conditions nowadays. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, technically, we can't. you're not allowed to go home if you have diarrhea or burrowing fleas nowadays. But True. At least if you're suffering from ulcers, they might give you a day off. Especially at our former place of employment. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't let us go for burrowing fleas. No. I mean, liver failure, maybe, if you can prove it. Yeah, if your skin's yellow enough. <laughs> yeah. If you look like... I don't I don't know. I can't think of anything yellow Big enough. Bird. Big Bird, yeah. If you look like him, you might get a, You might go home early that day. <laughs> early, though. Yeah, you're not getting the full day off. Mm -mm. The camp would break down and move to the front of the railhead every eight miles. If you've seen Hell on Wheels, they do it on there as well. Mm, I think, actually, when we were on our Marianne Cotton, I think that's... When she was married to the rail, railroad guy, 
I think that's what they kept doing. Moving every, yep. moving it all the time. Railroad so. towns, man. They just, that's why they were all made out of tents and shit. I don't want to work. I don't want to work and then live at my work. Hell no. That sounds terrible. And then have to deconstruct your work every time they lay eight miles of track and rebuild it again. Mm. You know what Phil said? He's uh he's watching Hell on Wheels right now. So it's so good. Shout out, Phil. Shout out, Subliminal Deception. Phil, mm. that show is fucking amazing. Mm. Colin Bohannon is a dreamboat. <laughs> he is pretty sexy. Huge amounts of borderline slave laborers were shipped in from India. The only payment for a lot of these men was a guarantee that they could stay and own land in East Africa upon completion of their contract. By the time the final spike was driven at Lake Victoria, 31,983 Indians had been employed by the railroad and only 4,000 Native Africans. Historians say the road was built with British engineering on the backs of Asian labor. Hmm, I wonder why they chose so many Indians. Easy. And the caste Hmm. system as well a lot of them were fleeing religious tensions boiling over between hinduism and muslim and islam Mm, oh okay yeah yeah yeah. they really hated each other yeah i i from what i remember even like literally today i think the is it the president of india i don't know if they have a president or whatever he is kicking out muslims right now yeah uh so yeah that's pretty crazy it's uh (laughs) So you'd think in 2020, I mean, India is a pretty big country. They have a lot of fucking money, so you'd assume they wouldn't be doing that, but... Apparently, really, these fires burn hot yeah. for a long time. I've seen the... Which is why religion is dangerous. I've seen the um, the videos of, like, the Pakistani-Indian border, and they're just, like, ready shit. to fight at any second. And they're like scary. And they're like goose stepping in front of each other. (laughs) I really love Charty McDennis too on uh, Always Sunny because they do that instead of the Maori war dance from Charty McDennis one. When the crews at the railhead pushed through the Taru Desert, relatively unscathed and intact, George Whitehouse thought they were through the worst of it. When the crews saw the Sabo Valley, they thought it was an actual oasis heaven on earth. There was a forest teeming with wildlife. Fast-flowing streams, free from disease, and food growing literally from trees. Sounds like the goddamn Garden of Eden. 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 <laughs> Eden's the uh, African <laughs> version of that. <laughs> they just added extra eye in there yeah. for some reason. The uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're getting bit bit alive by these fucking flies and mosquitoes, and you're you know, dying of thirst and yeah. hunger, I suppose it would seem like an oasis. Hell yeah. If they only knew that Savo translated to place of slaughter in Kikamba, the local dialect spoken by the Kamba people. Disappearances were commonplace in the Savo Valley, and locals avoided the historic caravan camp at all costs. Nomadic caravan merchants used basically the same route from Lake Victoria to Mombasa, and these merchants didn't want to slow down and bury or cremate their dead, so they would just toss them deep in the forest near the caravan camp. So there's... Grooming the animals to enjoy human meat a little bit here. Exactly. These Uh, reckless nomadic caravan merchants. mm, I mean, how hard is it to cremate them? Just throw them in a fire. Especially because they're in the forest. (laughs) Cut down some wood and burn this man. (laughs) When the railhead crew reached the camp, they understood immediately why the locals thought it was haunted. A walking boss had gone missing and an hour later they found his bloody work clothes by the bank of the river. His body was discovered several yards away. The discoverer, 
had this to say. The skull and the feet were untouched, but all the flesh had been torn from the body. We didn't have to look far for the cause of the tragedy. Paw marks of lions were seen all around the remains. This man-eater is the solution to the Savo mystery. Wow, okay, so the lion... Didn't cover up his tracks too well, obviously. Yeah, he, no. Is this like the adult version of The Lion King? <laughs> yes, basically. I mean, basically. maybe this is like what Scar was doing while he was waiting for, I can't think of the kid's name, to grow up. Simba. Simba to Which grow up. Which means lion, I mm. think. Did you see my post where they think that Sar or Scar is LGBTQ? Uh, Did he's you see that? In he's it? like He's like... A gay lion. Why? And they're persecuting him or something. That's just Jeremy Irons' voice. <laughs> I don't like, know. It, it, it just like, sounds good. It's not gay. I, I don't know. They put it in there that he was a gay lion, and that's why they had to kill him. Well, that's insanity. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. It, so many conspiracies around Disney oh, are yeah. absolutely insane. Like the swastikas in the drapes at Disneyland, <laughs> or the burning menorah on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. It's like, no. Come on now. If though okay, if those are real, we should be really afraid because Disney, what do they own? Like fifty percent of fucking uh uh everything. Yeah. yeah. And I just saw today before we were recording that they they do they own ABC? Or yeah. They, okay. ABC, ESPN. They they got for the first time in like twenty years they got NFL contracts to play uh football games. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're getting their fingers everywhere, man. CBS, Fox, NBC are the only ones I know that play <laughs> yeah. football. Well, not with Disney's in the house. Holy shit. I have witnessed many an accident with fatal consequences, but the sight of the skeleton from which the flesh has been ravenously torn was one of the most gruesome spectacles imaginable. We, bur- we buried the remains on the spot, and when we returned to camp... We made all the men set up thornbush barriers around the tents. Is that going to stop them? They think so. I, I don't know. <laughs> they really do. I they don't. really put some faith in those I feel, things. I feel like this is the... You can compare this to when people just put, I own a home security system sign in their lawn. Uh, but protected they don't by actually, ADT. But they don't actually have one. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like lions can get around that. And they do. <laughs> <laughs> the following day, a hunting team was dispatched to search and destroy the lion, but instead of finding any trace of it, all they found were more limbs and skulls in various states of decomposition. 24 hours later, another man was taken, and this was the final straw for the working men. White House was able to whip the mutinous bastards back to work by saying that the lions only hunted near this old caravan camp, and it was up to the workers to build their way 20 miles away from here, and then they would be safe. Okay. The workers fell for it, and they never put 20 miles on faster. But the lions would take 15 more men before they escaped their range. Surprisingly, the gambit worked, and White House was able to get the track moving to Lake Victoria. Okay, 15 out of how many? Uh, a how bunch. Lot? Yeah, a okay. bunch. But this isn't even the, the meat and potatoes of it. <laughs> okay. This is the original. We're, we still have to talk about the hunter. <laughs> okay. There was still so much work to be done in the Savo Valley before the railroad could be operational. Yes, it's true, the track is built, but now it needs the infrastructure. Colonel John Henry Patterson was put in charge of permanent railway operations, specifically in the Savo region in 1898. 
He was tasked with replacing the temporary wooden bridges White House's crew had built with permanent stone bridges. Upon taking up his command in the Savo region, he was hesitant to blame the 17 missing men from the rail crews on man-eaters. He instead concluded that these men had been killed by their co-workers over gambling debts or disagreements in the camp. But the presence of man-eaters was brutally confirmed the next day when Patterson came across the tent of two of his workers. One of them was sitting in shock silence and the other was missing. Following the blood and drag marks, they found the man's body torn to pieces and largely consumed, while his head remained intact. His face had been pierced by giant tusks, and it was left with a permanent, horrified look on it. Pieces of his body had the skin licked off, and the tissues were sucked dry of blood. During the next two to three days, the camp lost two more victims. Each time, Patterson was out waiting for them with his rifle, but was always too far to see or shoot but close enough to hear the blood-curdling shrieks of his workers. So, even after, I mean, I'm assuming he had, even if these people were dying, I'm assuming they had claw marks or bite marks in them. I don't think gambling debt assassination is going to cause that. But this was, you have to remember this was 1897, 1890, Mm. no, this was 1898. And when this originally, the original rail came through, that was two years previous. So those 17 men were, you know, legends at that point. Okay. And he assumed that it was just the locals that had blamed their deaths on the man-eater to continue the legend. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. This attack forced Patterson to consolidate the railway camps into one big super camp. And he ordered the large thorny spike barriers to be erected along the borders of this camp. This move didn't slow down the attacks. So Patterson started experimenting. He began lacing the corpses of his mountains of dead work animals with strychnine and placing them in strategic locations to bait the lions. But as he put it, The lions much prefer live men to dead donkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, South African Jimmy. (laughs) Uh, I mean, but I feel like the lions are going to want live prey. Yes, hunters. Yes, like... Plus, they already have that taste for the human flesh. I mean, you know, when they say, I don't know if it's true or not, but if a cannibal human was to continue eating human meat, they would be driven crazy. I've heard that too, but I'm not sure if that's propaganda. (laughs) Could that happen to the lion, though? I don't think so. What if the lions got like, well, I was going to say, maybe they got like something like mad cow's disease, but I don't know if that'd be possible. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we what care. If the li- well, they don't eat the brains, and that's where Mad Cow comes from. What if the lions ate a man who had syphilis, they got syphilis, then they went, their brains went crazy. And now suddenly, mm. rampant syphilis in mm. the lion population. <laughs> it's like the old folks' homes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where the syphilis all starts from? The that's old it. folks' home, and then it goes to uh, most colleges? That's right. <laughs> I forget the statistics, but I remember 10 years ago in Florida, they had the biggest outbreak of chlamydia in the nation's history, and it was at the old folks' home. Look, you got to expect there's a lot of freaky old people in Florida. And what the hell else are you doing? You're retired. You've been forgotten about by your family. You might as well fuck the fucking every retiree that'll let you. I mean, it'd be nice if when you're... Putting your pappy or mammy in a rest home, it didn't come fully equipped with a bondage swing or something in their room. 
It would actually, you know what? I I think I would just because You'd that'll save that. them money in the future. It's I'm, the it's Jor- kinda... Jordan Fox retirement home for the elderly. That's right. It's fully equipped with bondage ropes, everything you need. And if you order the Jordis Faust package, it has little <laughs> Santa hats on it. Special Christmas visit from Jordis Faust. <laughs> He'll smoke half a pack of Newport Reds in front of you, naked. Hell yeah. Patterson was eluded and outmaneuvered at every turn. He would only find tattered clothes and gruesome remains as the lion's calling cards. His next step was to offer a 200 rupee reward for any lion carcass brought to him that could be proved to have been shot within three miles of the railroad. When hunters started pouring in to kill lions, Patterson would sometimes give the men 100 rupees per lion, and only if he could prove it was shot within one mile of the railroad. How the hell is he going to do that? That's the thing. He rarely paid him. He was like, ah, you just brought this lion from home. Hmm. How many people have dead lions in their home? Like, they just like, go take the lion out of your home and bring it to this guy? Yeah, just take your home lion and bring him into Patterson. Was rupees the... Isn't that the Russian money? No, that's rubles. Rubles. Who has rupees? Indian. Okay. Okay. And I guessed East African at the time. And, who was mostly Indian workers. And Hyrule. And Hyrule, absolutely. <laughs> They'll take your money. Patterson didn't care much for or really see the Indian workers as humans. He enjoyed calling them coolies and had absolutely no problem ripping them off. All of this hunting kept the lion attacks to a minimum, but by November the workers had grown complacent and started spreading out again. Is coolies what they call Newport cigarettes? Yes. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I know I've heard that before. But it's super racist against Asian people. Okay. So if you smoke Newport cigarettes, don't call them coolies. Yeah. Okay. I wonder why. Oh, because they're menthol, right? And they feel cool on your lungs. Unless it's cool cigarettes, but I don't know if they exist anymore. No, that's when you you walk into the store and say, give me a pack of what I am. And then they say, what do you mean? Cool. <laughs> and, and then the whole story starts clapping. That's right. God, That's this right. guy's fucking awesome. And then they say, unfortunately, sir, with tears in their eyes, they haven't made cool since 1996. <laughs> <laughs> when the lions returned to their favorite deconcentrated prey, they were bolder, and they refused to retreat even while having torches and bullets hurled at them. At nightfall, the men would cower as the lions roared to each other, hidden in the growth around the camp. They quickly learned that the roars weren't the scary part. When the roars quieted and the pair of lions approached, the men would shout, Beware, brothers, the devil is coming. Fuck that's yeah. pretty badass. That it. I mean, honestly, that's how a cat hunts, though. Goes quiet. Mm. You're about to get your ass fucking eviscerated here. How yeah. terrifying. I mean, I think I would get the hell out of here. How terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I have a, a little cat and... I'm afraid one day I'm going to wake up dead because she's going to eviscerate and eat me. Do you know, like, sometimes I think of the little kitty as Jaws when I'm sleeping. <laughs> because you never know where it's going to be, and then it mm. just pops up from out of nowhere to mm. attack your face for a little bit. I mean, if they were any bigger, that's like the the, the Tiger King, right? Like, he's wrestling with the tigers and stuff. I'm like, man, these tigers... Have one false move, or one move, they could just rip your fucking. I mean, they ripped that uh, lady's arm, arm off, off, yeah. So without even thinking about yeah, it, yeah, they thought it was a chew toy. That's one of the doctors in here said you need to understand a lion's paw strength. They can, they can kill a man with one swipe of their paw, not even with their claws, just by crushing their skull. 
and breaking their spine just by punching at you. That just reminded me, if Joe Exotic was alive during this time, we would just have to give him maybe like a couple grams of meth, send him out there. These lions, they'd be taken care of. Oh, for sure. Put some sardine oil on his shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is where Carol Baskin got the idea from. To have her husband eaten? Yeah. She's a fucking murderer. (laughs) She needs to be brought to justice. And her face is so precious when she's talking about how he accidentally disappeared. Oh, I hate her face. (laughs) Her stupid face. In December of 1898, Patterson was finally able to exploit the lion's newfound boldness and kill the first one on the ninth. One bullet went through the heart and the other pierced the thigh. He was recorded at 9 foot 8 inches long and 3 foot 9 inches high. There are pictures, which we will post. He was a big boy. Really? I thought these were both females. Nope. They're both males, which is what's crazy about it, and we will get to that. Hell yeah. Two nights later, Colonel Patterson tied three live goats to a 250-pound rail and waited in a blind not far off. Okay, did T-Rex come out? That's, you know what? (laughs) And you know what's funny, too? Before I decided to do this, uh, since I was just sitting at home, I was like, I'm going to watch Jurassic Park. Hell yes. And then for the first time, I'm going to watch Jurassic Park 2, which is okay. It's not bad. Dr. Ian Malcolm. Lost World, right? I think so, right? Yeah. Dr. Ian Malcolm's the star. And they have the baby T-Rex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all about the bad. baby. I third like one, that one. The third one's not good. Well, that one is not directed by Steve Spielberg, <laughs> but I am going to watch it tonight. And then I'm going to watch the other Jurassic, the ones that came out with Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the newest one. Okay. The one before that, I didn't think it was that bad. Well, do you know what's a great game? What? Jurassic World Evolution, Jurassic Park Evolution on Steam. It's good. It's so fun. You get to build your park and breed (laughs) dinosaurs. But you like that stuff. Yeah, that's my shit. You love to build and control and everything else. And you you can buy uh, live feeders and they pop up little goats from the ground (laughs) and then your T-Rexes eat the shit out of them. (laughs) Okay, that's worth it. Yeah, it's so fun. Right before dawn, the lion appeared and grabbed one of the goats in its jaws, dragging it, the other two goats, and the rail off into the bush. Once the sun was fully risen, Patterson was able to catch up with the lion and unload both barrels in his chest, but the lion scurried and wasn't seen again for ten days. Literally licked his wounds. (laughs) (laughs) That's precisely what he was doing. On December 27th, he re-emerged. Failing to kill anyone, but destroying a number of tents and forcing several workers up a tree. The next night, Patterson set up a blind in that tree, and luckily the lion came back. Colonel Patterson fired at least 20 shots at the beast, with six of them confirmed hits. This lion measured 9 foot 6 and 3 foot 11 inches high. On display at the Fields Museum in Chicago, both of these specimens don't really look like the massive man-eating monsters in the photos that were taken with Colonel Patterson, and we will get to why a little later on. Okay, I see. This is I've heard this that they you can look at them allegedly. That's right, mm. you can see them. Colonel Patterson loved discipline. He loved the class system, and what's more, he loved his place on it. He was eager to do his part. He was described as arrogant, a martinet. And a product of rigid hierarchy. What the hell is a martinet? So a martinet (laughs) 
Is, is he in marching band or It's what? mostly used by military men. It's basically he's got a stick up his ass and will follow orders to the T. Okay. He loves okay. following orders. He loves giving orders. Okay. He loves his place on the hierarchy. Mm. He really does. This isn't a bootlicker. He knows his spot. <laughs> he's he. I'm sure he could be <laughs> once his days in the military are over. Okay. All right. Patterson would record all of his workers' mistakes and transgressions in his pocketbook and would hold public trials at noon to bring evildoers to justice, and he would collect fines for all manners of infractions. Although his ideologies and mannerisms were old world to the extreme, I'm just not certain a lesser man could have controlled this hotbed region to get the rail operational through it. So even though he is an asshole... A real dickhead. Without him... The lions might have continued killing. I think so. Mm. I really think they would have, uh, if not stopped the railroad, I think they would have really put a, really made it a lot longer of a process I than mean, it was. If you put this in perspective of the man who is running McDonald's and then the man who bought out McDonald's, without that man's leadership, we wouldn't have McDonald's that we have today, right? Without Ray, what's his name? Ray Crocker? I don't know. I know he's not nice. I only know, uh, I heard Brad and Max talk about that movie. That's the only thing I know about that movie. Well, it is Michael Keaton. I wonder if it's good. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I rewatched the uh, old Batman with Keaton. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's very good. Although his suit makes him look really awkward. Yeah. He's just like a fucking, it looks like he's stuck. He's stuck in place, but... uh, You know, I like how much of a gentleman he was. He is. He's great. Bruce Wayne in that. That's my favorite Bruce Wayne. He's like a timid Bruce Wayne. I love it. Mm. He's just pretty nice to Kim Basinger throughout the whole movie. (laughs) Religious tempers were boiling over between the Hindu and the Muslim Indian workers, and local laborers would frequently abandon their jobs when they realized they were not making enough money to have that high of a chance to lose their lives. Patterson survived two assassination attempts that were brought on by those tensions, thanks to the loyalty of the majority of his men, who understood how pivotal the colonel would be in keeping them as safe as possible. Once he killed the man-eaters, though, it was unanimous praise among his workers. They went as far as to collect a pool of several hundred rupees as a thank you, which Patterson, ever the stick in the mud, declined as he was just doing his job. Cannot take gratuities. Hell no. It's against company policy. It is. <laughs> Eventually, the workers presented him with a fine silver bowl inscribed with their thanks. It became his most prized possession, even more so than the skins of the man-eaters themselves. Awesome. There's no way to know exactly how many men the lions killed during construction of the Ugandan railway. Patterson estimates... Estimates... (coughs) They have devoured between them no less than 28 coolies in addition to a score of African laborers, of which... Rather crudely, no official record was kept. Okay, so he's kind of sympathetic, right? Yes. Slightly. Yeah, but not enough to, like, call them people. Mm. (laughs) But I'm saying, no, I'm saying, like, he's saying that all the African laborers got killed, but they didn't keep record of them. Exactly. But yeah, he shouldn't be calling them coolies. But but what I'm saying is the African workers, Mm. he was like, yeah, it's crude, but we don't keep records of those animals. You know but isn't I mean? that him saying, like, he wishes they did? Of course. Yeah, so he's kind of not a total douche. But he is in the system. <laughs> he That's, is. That is, he is. He loves his place in it, and he I mean, loves it. is it Victoria at this point sending orders down? Who's the queen or king right George, now? George, Victoria, one George? of them. George, yeah. okay, all right. 
The official record of the railway claims... The natives were employed by the Ugandan Railroad in simple jobs like water carrying, wood cutting, and brush cleaning. They... Clearing. <laughs> clearing. They were never on payroll, and they had no names. They were paid in wire, knives, or food. A lot of them died in Savu, but nobody knew or cared how many. Hmm. Pay, how do you pay someone in wire? I don't know why wire was important. Oh, hmm. maybe to build fences and stuff so they could have agriculture and, and I was stuff. Get, the only people I could think of you could pay in wire right now are meth addicts. So. Yeah. And then, yeah, bubs. You just give it to bubs. Bubs. <laughs> <laughs> If Patterson's numbers are to be believed, over a nine-month period, the man-eaters consumed 135 people, which is an average of a worker every other day. The pair of lions were rarely able to eat more than 60 pounds of the body and organs before they were found by search and rescue parties, which never rescued a survivor. I wonder if they found any, like, um, side orders with <laughs> <laughs> Like a side of collard greens or like a, or like a nice leftovers of mashed potatoes or something mm, i mean you can't just have all protein can you <laughs> yeah i think they can <laughs> they had a little salt and pepper shaker with like maybe a little jar of hot sauce next to all the body but hey you gotta season the meat up right where did all these tabasco bottles come from <laughs> i don't know why but tabasco is popping off in africa right now. Just, we're sending crates of this shit down there <laughs> the condiment of choice among big cats <laughs> yeah Unfortunately and fatefully for the railroad workers, when they were working in the Savo region, it coincided with southern Kenya's long dry season, and this year in particular, the rains never came to break the drought. Many of the tribal villages in the area were dying off completely, and this gave the Tsavo lions a taste for easy human flesh. Now that they were committed man-eaters, there was no stopping them when the railhead crews came through. Mm. Patterson became worldwide famous and was hosted by nobles all across Europe and muckety-mucks in the States. Teddy Roosevelt had him recreate his lion hunt in the White House and said his story was, The most thrilling true lion story ever. Most lion hunts are pathetic guided adventures. This was two kings of the jungle finally brought down by the ingenuity of one man. Thank you, President. Hell yes. Did he check his fucking pocket watch after he said that? You know he did. Isn't with he his a, tiny he's a circle. Big boy, right? Oh, yeah, big fat boy. And he had a monocle. Mm. Mm. And then he had the little spider, the spider mechanism that Will Smith took down. Right. In, or was uh, that Ulysses? Wild, Wild West. Was that Ulysses? Was it Ulysses and Squid? I, I don't remember. Or was it Robert E. Lee? <laughs> I, don't I don't know anything about Wild, Wild West. It's. it's an okay movie. I saw it after I pissed my pants at a Chuck E. Cheese with my so now went, ex-aunt. So you went in with pissy pants. Yep. I had okay. pissy pants. Uh, we went to Chuck E. Cheese. I was young. I was probably like seven and too embarrassed to ask anybody where the bathroom was. Mm. So like next to a Mortal Kombat machine, I think I pissed <laughs> in my pants. <laughs> I mean, that's the best place to piss. I can tell you that much. Then we went to the movie. Oh, I mean... You got maybe a more realistic feel for the movie then, because there's a lot of water scenes in there. So. True. And With cowboys, the they probably have wet jeans all the time, you know? I'm sure that you can't, when you're riding a horseback, you got to piss somewhere, you're just pissing your pants. And you're going to chafe afterwards, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Patterson's fame didn't amount to fortune, sadly. And after a long and decorated tour of duty in World War One, he wrote to the Fields Museum of Chicago asking if they would like to purchase the two lions for the sum of $5,000. 
He had turned them into rugs and claimed they were in mint condition. The Fields Museum, ever in love with the story and looking to help out a hero in their eyes, graciously accepted. They were not in mint condition, and it was a taxidermist nightmare to fit them back together. This is why they don't look as impressive as they do in the photos. Okay, I was. It kind of sucks he turned them into rugs. I know, but like, what, yeah, but what else were you gonna do at the time? I guess not turn them into rugs. Get them taxidermy. Marionette puppets. I don't know. Yeah, so he could do true <laughs> recreations at the White House. The legend of the man eaters persisted long after Patterson had dispatched them. Railhead crews and forward expedition gangs insisted on returning by rail to the main camp each night instead of sleeping in forward camps to get to work right away. Three months after the attacks concluded, a lion entered the O'Hara family tent at a forward workers' camp and seized Mr. O'Hara's head in its jaws, killing him instantly and then dragging the corpse from the tent to feast. When Mrs. O'Hara walked outside, she found her husband eviscerated with the lion standing two feet away, its face covered in blood. Damn, so we got another one. Yep. And th- it didn't even wake up Mrs. O'Hara. Hmm. She killed him. She woke up and assumed he went out to have a piss. And then she saw a bloody lion. Hmm. She, He's got her in a Nelson headlock. Here. Hmm. She screamed. And luckily, local lion hunters were able to rescue her and even recover her husband's corpse. The lion would not run away, though. And hunters had to keep it from charging by shooting at it for hours until it finally broke and ran. Station masters along the Ugandan railway commonly telegraphed warnings like, Lion is on the platform. Please instruct guard and driver to proceed carefully and without signal in the yard. Guard to advise passengers not to get out here and be very careful when coming in the office. Two hours later, One African injured at six o'clock by lion and hence sent to Makindu Hospital by trolley. Traffic manager, please send rifle cartridges on the next train. Eight hours later, Lead guard is surrounded by two lines and was forced up the telegraph post near the water tanks. Train to come to stop there so guard can jump on and ride to safety. Okay, this sounds like Indiana fucking Jones here. <laughs> they fucking chased him up a telephone pole. I guess, So I guess their little brush barbed wire shit's not working out anymore, huh? The brush barbed wire. Isn't that what they said? They oh, put yes, the, yes, yes. The bushes there? <laughs> so... I don't, this is crazy, so you obviously had the two main lions, and now you've got, is it the same one, or is it even more, like, multiple lions at this point? Well, these lions from the Sabo region are fucking brutal. And since this is right off the back of that long, dry summer, where villages were mm. dying off completely, mm. they were able to just waltz right in and have their pick of the corpses, and now, that's their main food source, and that's all they crave. I think you're proving, you know, you always hear the rumor that if you were to die at home, your cat would start eating you instantly. Oh, yeah. And I think this is proving the point that that will happen. I think your dog will wait like three days, (laughs) but I think your cat gets to fucking work. Well, I mean, what do you tell us? I was telling you that the cats on my parents' farm always bring little birdies and stuff. <laughs> and you said it's because cats think we're dumb and yeah. can't feed ourselves. They're they're trying to help us survive because they never see us eat anything we're supposed to. Well, they clearly have a superiority complex. So. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so this is like, honestly, like multiple lions now. Like, you got mm-hmm. like a fucking frenzy of these bastards. This region is awful. Mm. And disappearances happen. We're, f- we focus mainly on the two, the two mainless man-eaters of Saba. Like, the, the one the movie's about, you know. That's what, that was the weird thing, because 
you'll watch the movie, but they make it sound like it's literally the two lines, that's it. Mm-mm. Oh, but yeah. this is like... Well, yeah, that makes a great monster mm-hmm. villain when it's a pair of lions, just mm-hmm. the two of them fucking but, around. But they were... I. I th- I must have mis- mer- misremembered because I thought there were two giant females, but apparently it's two giant ass males. Yeah, two big mainless males. That is a big males. motherfucking lion. We'll Jesus. see. We'll see the pictures too, where Hell he's yeah. standing next to it, like it's all propped up on sticks. You know, mm. you know how those hunters like to do, mm-hmm. like Bradley in his goose photos. A lion's preferred method of killing is to bite on the victim's throat with a vice-like grip applied from the front, ripping arteries and windpipe in one fell swoop. In the Predator vs. Prey arms race, some prey animals develop thick necks or antlers or horns that would make this attack very dangerous for the cat. In these instances, the cats use what's known as a throttling grip, where the muzzle or mouth is clamped on and not released, with the attended result being asphyxiation. Wow, okay, this makes a lot of sense. You always see cats kind of hang on to them, Mm -hmm. big cats or whatever, Mm -hmm. so okay, interesting. And they've evolved to have thicker necks to kind of combat that's crazy man so that they're not just genocided by yeah hungry lion that's crazy cat kills are dramatic and lions are the biggest drama queens (laughs) of all they will typically carry dead zebras up to 50 yards to get to shade and devour it there zebras weigh three times more than lions and they do it by straddling the corpse biting the neck and push dragging it forward foot by foot I like to think sort of like, you know, lineman drill where they're mm. pushing the sled. Mm. Sort of like that. Mm. I could, Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you can't eat in the hot sun. Come on. No, get to comfort, man. If you, if you drive by a construction site and it is lunchtime, they're eating in the shade. They're not eating in the hot sun. No, they're not sitting on yeah. their on their like hot work station eating away. And you know, Susie the Lion's got fresh margaritas for the for the gals mm-hmm. upon Deborah's return of the <laughs> dead zebra. <laughs> She's mixing them up. It's the real housewives of Africa here. The real house cats of Africa. Real house cats of Kenya. <laughs> Sometimes lions will carry their prey even further. In 1977, in northern Kenya, a paleobiologist noticed a lion feasting on a fresh crocodile and some shade plants that were over a third of a mile from the lake the croc nested at. What's more, once the lion left and the paleobiologist was able to approach the croc, she saw its jaws were clamped tight around one of the shade bushes, proving it was still alive while the lion carried it to its kill spot. Oof. I usually don't feel bad for alligators, but goddamn. (sighs) That's a brutal murder. Mm. Don't they have, like, really, like, coarse skin, too? Alligators? Yeah, like, to get to the meat of them. Oh, yes, yeah, for sure, so, for sure. Mm. And, except for their underbellies, which are a little more That's leathery and nice. Yeah. Mm. More often than not, a lion licks its prey all over before the meal begins. This is usually brought on by blood spurting out of the cut arteries in the neck. The lions, especially the man-eaters in the arid desert, were known to leave corpses drained of blood, drinking almost every last drop. Interesting. Okay, I thought they were licking it because... They wanted a clean dinner right. before they ate it, but they right. just like the blood. They're trying to drink everything. They, they need water, too, you know? Mm. And all we are is big, salty bags <laughs> of water. We should have just gave them fucking blood sausages. Nestle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, blood sausages. <laughs> the body is then typically bitten open at the belly, and the lions focus on the viscera. The stomach is removed intact, its undigested contents are stripped, and then the organ is eaten. The lungs, liver, and kidneys follow in short order. After these appetizers, lions begin consuming the flesh of the hind legs and the rear, eating their way up toward the head and shoulders. 
Skin and hair are eaten with the meat, so the droppings of lions are usually full of hair. Luckily, this habit allows for poop analysis to reveal the full range of lion diets. If lions are left undisturbed with a carcass, they can eat up to 65 pounds per sitting per lion. Ooh, that is a lot of meat. I mean, I'd be sweating so bad after eating that much meat, but... uh be sweating so bad looking <laughs> at that much meat. I mean, I guess we got to give lions a little credit because apparently the bear does like a, a bad rim job because that's where they start. They eat from your ass uh-huh. inwards. Uh-huh. I guess at least lions start from your where the goods are. They get all your mm. your great little belly <laughs> treats out. They leave your butthole and probably genitalia alone. Until, well, one, <laughs> until they're done with their appetizers. Then they your, get started and eat up towards the shoulders. What is it, your peewee and your... Monkeys. Your monkey and peewees. <laughs> yes, they leave them alone for a while. Man-eaters are a fun monster to think about here in Minnesota where it's not possible. But in places where this is a real threat, the stories and legends tend to get exaggerated to the max, as happens with all folklore and Mm. urban legends. Mm -hmm. Man-eating is habit-forming, and Martin Johnson, who spent years in the bush in Africa, says, Lions are generally cowardly in the presence of humans, and would only fight when cornered, just like any other animal. But, in lions, man-eating becomes a way of life from the first taste. Human flesh becomes the staple diet, and the lion will only hunt and kill its usual prey out of starvation. The most terrifying thing about them is the lengths they will go to get a victim once they've chosen him. A man-eater learns to stalk humans the same way it would any other prey. Each victim makes the cat better, faster, and harder to track. When a man-eater is reported in Kenya, the game department declares it a green light, and game control officers are authorized to use any means necessary to bring it down, including poison, traps, and automatic weapons. In one case, the wife of a Wakamba chief was killed by a lion. Following the trail, game control officers found her partially eaten body and asked the chief if they could use the remains as bait, as man-eaters will return to finish their meal. The chief consented, and her loose body parts were laced with strychnine. The next morning, the lion was found dead on top of her corpse. That's a hell of a request. Especially if, for, like, if, a... If I get murdered by a lion they approach you like hey can we just use a little of his corpse for fucking bait here like this isn't a rapla lure here i am gonna say yes though okay i mean i would want you to yeah what are you using it for you're you're dead true that's true and it'll probably be the closest i'll ever get to a lion again so yes (laughs) strychnine this guy up get get him get him out there Mm, i god damn that is they just, I wonder if they just put like the whole body out there. Or they like, they just put like an arm or a leg Here's, or like. Well, the, all they found was an arm and the torso. Mm. So they just poisoned both of those and <laughs> set and them say. out there. I guess there's not much left of them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you only have those two pieces. In 1999, a British tourist was killed by a pride of lions when he failed to secure his canvas tent flaps. This momentary lapse in vigilance is what the lions are waiting for. The loose flap allowed one of the cats to get in and start the attack, which sent the tourist running screaming from his tent right into the middle of the other 12 lions who were waiting. When the lions finally dispersed, all police were able to recover was the head, heart, ribs, and liver. Hmm. Uh, just like me, not a fan of liver. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> get, taste. Can you imagine opening that package from Kenya and being like, these are your son's <laughs> remains. Here's You can bury his liver if you want, I guess. I don't know. It sounds like basically the last scene from um uh, the movie seven where he opens the box (laughs) except for i guess there's a few more pieces here but or do you remember when 
Wait, are they eating the bones too? No. Like, or they're just saying it was just... Stripped clean, yeah. It's the only identifiable things were the head, heart, ribs, and liver. Exactly. Hmm. No, actually, the bones were carried off. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah, I suppose you got uh, vultures, goddamn scavenger animals are probably taking their bones and everything, so... Absolutely. Oh, also, I was going to say, like, do you remember when Littlefinger brought... Caitlin Stark, Ned's remains. Mm. <laughs> it was just a box of body parts. <laughs> so, we know the primary reason lions turn man-eater is lack of food and opportunity, but when lions get old or crippled, it also gives them the taste for easy prey. The lions of Savo were not old, and when they were x-rayed, it was found that the first lion had a large root-tip abscess that would have been impossibly painful and dysfunctional for hunting his normal prey. Okay, alright, so this is basically just toothache, essentially, I guess, right? Toothache, mm. force, mm. it's basically, so his pulp and nerves were exposed mm. because of something, and then that caused a bacterial infection, which caused massive swelling and disfiguration, and he was no longer able to hunt buffalo anymore. I do know that cats, even house cats... Um, their teeth get brittle and Definitely. break. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think this is too abnormal for, for any sort of cat. Especially ones that are mm-hmm. combat hunting their their mm-hmm. prey. Mm-hmm. So, because obviously they're not using Crest toothpaste every day to take care of their teeth or going to the uh, dentist. So. The kitty dentist? <laughs> no. The second lion, on the other hand, showed no sign of abscess or any other maladies that would normally cause a lion to turn man-eater. So why did he? Well... Lions are intensely social animals, and both males and females form lifelong bonds with not just their kin and pride mates, but unrelated lions as well. Colonel Patterson's accounts noted clearly that the Savo man-eaters hunted and foraged cooperatively. This also explains why the second lion, whose mouth was totally fine to hunt buffalo, was so unsuccessful in carrying out his activities after the first lion was killed. Experts believe the second lion only started man-eating because he fell in with the wrong crowd. So, first lion had, like, 200 IQ, and then his little Melvin friend just kind of followed him around. Yep. He's either his little cousin or his brother. Gotcha. And and the second lion became more focused in making sure they considered themselves one unit. He was more focused on making sure the first lion could eat, so he would help them tag team these humans. That was kind of always my theory about these lions, is that they somehow are just, like, fundamentally smarter than the other lions, but maybe that's not the case. Hmm. Like, so, like something, you know, sometimes you just have animals that are smarter than other animals. True. So I didn't know if maybe that was what I thought, like, before I heard this episode, like, I thought maybe that was why they were able to kind of, like, work together to attack human beings to eat them, is that somehow they had developed some sort of intelligence where they were able to, like, coordinate shit together. And they do. And every time they kill, which is why man-eaters get greenlit in Kenya. Mm. Like, every time they kill, they get only get better at it and more elusive at it. So maybe we're not giving lions enough credit. Maybe they're very intelligent creatures. Hell yes, they are. Okay. Thank God we don't have them here outside of zoos, I guess. Hmm. The fundamental unit of lion society is the pride. A pride refers to a group of 2 to 18 female lions and their dependent offspring. Prides hunt the same grounds for generations and are basically gangs that protect their turf from other gangs and even nomad lions. 
Studies in the Serengeti show that virtually all female lions in a pride are born to it. Most surviving female offspring remain, but roughly a third will leave, either going nomad or starting a new pride. If a lioness has a litter of only one cub, she will abandon it to immediately re-enter estrus and skip the two-and-a-half-year cool-down time it takes between litters. So, no minimum one baby. It's got to be more than that. The one-child policy mm. is not followed. <laughs> it's not followed by lions. Well, that must be why they're not in Asia, huh? Males, on the other hand, are infanticidal by nature. Usually, male lions roam in pairs. Generally, they are brothers or cousins that reach sexual maturity and were chased out of their pride by older, unrelated males. This helps lions avoid incest and inbreeding. The two male lions of Savo were obviously one of these roaming pairs, looking for a new pride of females to embed themselves with, kill their children to force them into estrus, and putting their own kittens inside. The Savo lions get a lot of flack for not having a mane. After all, as Tezzy, Teddy Roosevelt put it, What is a lion without a mane but the shadow of a noble beast one has mentally pictured to oneself? Why is he so, like, poetic when he talks? Eh, 1900s. Mm. Early 1900s. Can they, you just say, I don't like a lion without a mane? I just assume they all <laughs> sound like Tiny Tim. <laughs> yes. Things that bother you never bother me. So th- this is what I've yeah what I've heard too is like the males will always kill the children or the little cubs or whatever mm-hmm. if they were sired by other males. Oh, yeah. so they can actually tell the difference. Hell yeah, really. That's why they don't like inbreeding doesn't happen. By the time the males reach maturity, they're kicked out of the kicked out of the pride, so they don't impregnate one of their sisters or their mother. How do lions know this and humans don't? <laughs> I don't know because lions actually here's the thing a lot of these lions they will fucking double team do you understand what I'm saying yes. and they're perfectly okay with it okay. like they love it okay All and right. a lot of the females during their pregnancy period or during their ovulation period will they'll try to get fucked by as many male lions as possible so that way one of the males won't to confuse the males, so that way they won't kill the cubs right away. Jesus, these are smart animals. And ruthless. Mm, well, that too, but... I mean, if you got big claws and big teeth, you gotta do something with them. Mm. <laughs> Can't be a vegan lion. You're a carnivore. Yeah, or you, nothing, bitch. I mean, you can't have... I'm assuming a lot... You can, you can give lions... As many impossible whoppers as you want, but I don't think they're going to survive off it. No, I think they'll die, and their organs will shut down. (laughs) Probably. Well, guess what, Teddy? The most vicious lions are from the low-lying scrublands along the Indian Ocean that lies from Somalia to Mozambique, and they have notoriously scant manes. Writers, both contemporary and as far back as the Romans, have written about the fierce, maneless lions of northern Mozambique who lived in the most dense thorn bushes on the continent. Even if they had manes, they would have been ripped out. What all this means is the beard does not make the lion. Remember that, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to see the two beasts that wreaked havoc on the Ugandan Railway, you simply have to go to the Fields Museum in Chicago and look for exhibits FMNH 23970, nicknamed Standing, and FMNH23969, nicknamed Crouching. So are you telling me these are the what they named the lions? One of them is standing. One of them is crouching in okay. the display. <laughs> Come on. That was pretty low fucking effort, fellas. 
Um, see, when I was younger and this movie came out, I can clearly remember I was talking with one of my classmates about it, and he he told I remember at the time he told me they were at the what's the big one in New York? Uh, Smithsonian. The, the Smithsonian. <laughs> that the lions were there. But uh, I I always remember he talked about the legend that their eyes, like people who looked into their eyes, like they just had like something different about the eyes of these lions that were mm. just like, I don't know, they looked evil or like something about them. Like you mm. could just tell these two lions in particular were like something was different about them. They were man-eaters. Yeah, I mean, I get, I didn't know the man-eating thing is still a problem there. Huge problem, yeah. Really? Huge problem. Hmm. I guess kitties, giant kitties like human meat. <sighs> giant kitties like to eat. Hmm. I mean, I guess we got Carol. Carol Baskins have proved that they have no problem eating eating another human. So. Absolutely not. They'll just uh, get after it. <laughs> Here's that- the problem with, uh, with big cats. Hmm. We are nothing to them. All we are is a fucking cherry. They don't look at us like we're anything if they're hungry enough. You know what I mean? I mean, and it's true because we can't defend ourselves without like a gun or a knife or <laughs> something like that. I mean, technically, little cats, I think, feel the same way. <laughs> so, really, it's just kind of they all, all cats, any sizes feel the same way. All sizes must yeah, go. Yeah, they don't, I don't think they care too much except for themselves. But, uh, man, that was great. I've, I've, been captivated by that story since fuck man it was i had to be like in fifth grade what's that like 10 years old 96 nine years old yeah, somewhere i was in there. six yeah, yeah i think it's nine and i remember the movie i i haven't watched in a really long time but i remember liking it and being really like man these two something about these two lines is was like an anomaly that you never hear about yeah because uh i'd always thought that two males didn't really like each other that much, but right. maybe they, like you said, they were related and, and the, kind of just the old uh, myth that male lions never do any hunting. The females always do it. That is true to an extent, but they do a lot of the work and they stand protection. They stand guard while the females get the prey. Maybe humans really do taste like pork. Long pork. Maybe that is the case, and they preferred pork over. Water buffalo or zebra or... I don't know. I've never ate horse, so I'm assuming zebra might not taste great. The Japanese do it. They, they have horse, zebras. horse sushi. A horse mm-hmm. or sushi. Mm-hmm. I've, I, from what I've heard, I think it's like stringy. Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah. I, don't. I also don't like raw octopus for that reason because it's <laughs> like a rubber band. You just got to have someone who can cook it right. Raw means no oh, cooking. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I know this wasn't quite a true crime but i looked up animal serial killers and this was <laughs> i mean they are definitely you can't deny that so i fucking i liked it it's Hell not true yeah. crime it's not whatever but it's uh it's real life monsters it's gr- hey they killed just as m- they killed more people i think than most serial killers right so, definitely if I- colonel patterson is to be believed <laughs> uh thank you for listening if you liked it and you like kitties you can email me at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod, Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. Please leave us a beautiful little iTunes review please, if you wouldn't mind. Please do. Please But do. most importantly, follow us on Spotify yep, because that's that. our client of choice right now. Everybody's on there. 60% Spotify at this point. 
Apple's dying, man. I but, think it's happening. But you know what I like? What? Because of years and years of listening to other podcasts talk about Apple reviews, I still fucking love Apple reviews. I consider that my e-penis. <laughs> so make my e-penis grow and leave us more iTunes well, reviews. Well, I'd say whatever you listen to, if there's a review or a follow button, you just hit that. Bop that matter. son of a bitch. Yeah. And yeah. that'll make our numbers go through the roof and we can do even more rad shit. <laughs> Cody, can you read me an iTunes review if there is one? I can. We got a review. Okay, it's the broken emoji squares again. Oh, um, <laughs> I saw that on my phone. Yes, it's definitely emojis. I think okay. one of them's a cowboy hat, one of them's a ghost. Okay, well, thank you for the cowboy hat and ghost. This is from Why Your... I'm going to just spell it out. Why, Y-R-E-N-U-A-I-R. Excellent. I don't apologize. I don't know your name. Uh, I discovered this podcast recently, and it's been a pure delight to binge and listen to as I run on the hamster wheel of work during the week. Not <laughs> only are they fantastic storytellers, but they are all hilarious, and the chemistry is all on point, and they are genuinely nice fellows who seem like they are all fun to hang out with. Plus, they have really pleasing voices. I'm hooked. XX. Thank you so much. Hell yes, Yuren. I guess our fake Canadian Midwest accents are fantastic. That's what I hear. (laughs) That's what I hear. I mean, nobody's ever said that it sounds like a cheese grater against their eardrums, which I think I sound like. I think of it like, okay, we're Northerners. We make fun of Southerners and their accents. I assume Canada makes fun of us the same way we make fun of the South. I hope so. So we're like Southern Southern Canadians. Southern Canadians. (laughs) I'm all about it. All right. right. Was that our only review? Or only written? Only written that I see. But I did see our five-star number go up. Okay. So So I'm not sure the number of those, but let's just assume thank you very much whoever did it. Thank you, all of you. (laughs) Also, buy a shirt. We have sizes left in stock. We do. those. We do, absolutely. And join our fucking Patreon at Please any level. Do. And you could join us, much like the beautiful Pip Proudfoot did. Absolutely. For a Patreon conversation between the Bumbles. Yeah, I, I send a message to everybody. Maybe they didn't see it. If you would like to be on the show with us and you are a patron, just message us on Instagram or message us in Patreon and we'll put you on the schedule. Patreon.com slash BumblebuttPodcast. Get on there, get to get to giving, and get to loving. Well, we got to thank some of our new ones here. Holy shit, Cody. Yes. We got a flood of new Patreon since last week. Thank you so much, Lexi. Lexi. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Saya. 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 Uh, thank you, Katie B., for upping your pledge. Thank hey, you very much. And thank you, Joey. I know you. You chat with me on Instagram. So thank you very much. And Katie does as well. And Joey. Plenty of Katie. other people. But thank you guys very much. All of them. Thank you, new patrons. Thank you, old patrons. Thank Absolutely. you, everyone. Have a nice weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. I wish I could know what Jordan says, but I never do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Help us find him, goddammit. Find Jordan.